I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. Welcome, Welcome to Pisces, Pisces Rising. Go deep or go home. We're two astrologers who both have Pisces Rising in our charts, and we want to talk about astrology with you. We're here to talk about Uranus and the representation of the planet, how it acts when it's in certain signs, how it has affected the generations. And the reason why we chose Uranus is because currently the sun is in Aquarius, so there is a lot of Uranus energy going around right now with Uranus being the ruling planet of Aquarius. We can easily feel the energy that it brings. One of the things that Uranus is about is change, inventiveness. I refer to it sometimes as the lightning planet because it is so random and it can kind of make anything happen. It's very exciting. Not really about good or bad. It's more about a quick sudden thing happening and then dealing with the consequences of it, which those consequences could be good or bad. And it creates a current of change that could hit hard and be wonderful or just be wonderful. Definitely. I think that there have been some Uranian transits that I've had. They've always shaken things up for me personally. And whether or not I was ready for the change, it came. And with hindsight, I can usually find something positive about it. At the time, it can occasionally be stressful just because, especially if you're the type of person who likes to plan for things, who likes to know exactly what their days are going to look like, Uranus is going to mess with you in that way. It's not about routine. It's not about structure in any way. Usually it dissolves those things. It's a little bit like the tower card of the tarot deck. It's an event too. It usually creates an event that's like you're watching in a scene in a play. It's not a private planet. It does not keep secrets. It brings a sudden change. It's very unique and colorful. If you think of any Aquarians you know, you could get a sense of the randomness that Uranus brings. It is definitely random is a good word for it. It can feel, in a sense, it's a little whimsical because it can bring in almost a playfulness, but it can also be a lot more brutal than that. But it's not as serious and somber as a Saturn transit either. It doesn't have emotion. It doesn't at all. And that's the Aquarian stereotype is that they're not as emotional as some of the other signs. And so we get that when we look at Uranus as a whole and as its impact. And I think that the change that Uranus brings is often external. It can be measured by looking at the world around you, whereas some planets will bring more internal transformations. Like Neptune is very subtle, like sometimes you can't even notice it from the outside. You would probably be able to recognize a Uranus transit just by observing someone else and seeing their life change and shift. Absolutely. Because Uranus itself is not emotional and it's about the event. It is an experience to bring you to the higher mind and a different understanding. The events can really make you greater by the way that you solve them or go with them. And with that being said, the easier thing to do when you're getting hit by a Uranian transit, even though the flow is random, you do need a little bit of that Neptunian sense of surrendering a little because when it's striking you, it is that exact feeling of like getting struck by lightning. The electricity is going through you. It has shaken you up from the present moment and now you have to be in this moment and this is what it's creating. So you can't really be prepared until you're out of it, but the way that you react to Uranus and its transit when you're out of it is really important because grounding the energy after it's happened will kind of create a little more of a calm. If you continue to react to the electricity of what it creates and what goes through you, it's going to be like shock after shock after shock, like an earthquake in the shock waves that happen after. 
So where you do have control over a Uranian transit is what happens after. So a little bit of background about Uranus as a planet. It was discovered in March 1781 by Herschel, and he discovered that through a telescope. So what we know about Uranus is it has an 84-year orbit. It takes 84 years to make it through all of the zodiac signs by traveling around the sun. And so it spends about seven years in a sign. So this is one of the first of what we'd call the generational planets. So whereas, you know, you have your, your Sun and your Mercury and your Venus, those are changing pretty frequently. Um, so those really can dictate a lot of your personality. Having your generational planets, these are things that show up more in groups of people born around the certain time period. So within these seven-year periods when Uranus transits the signs, you can kind of see patterns emerging in the generations for these people that are born into Uranus and Taurus, Uranus and Gemini. There's a certain feel to the group of children that are coming into the world. Uranus was discovered during the Revolutionary War, and so there's this sense of rebellion that kind of comes into the interpretation of Uranus and its transits. When we think about rebellion, revolution, these are the energies of Uranus. It's shaking up traditions, it's shaking up the status quo. You can also look at how the Industrial Revolution was started right after Uranus was discovered. So again, we have that Aquarian, Uranian energy of inventiveness, coming up with new inventions and technology. So we saw in the 19th century and the early 20th century after Uranus was discovered, a boom of technology, a boom of industrial inventions, and so much so in that small period of time like than it had been for hundreds of years. And so before Uranus was decided upon as being the ruler of Aquarius, the ruler of Aquarius in antiquated times was Saturn. Saturn can bring big changes also. But it's methodical. It is. And Uranus is that order in chaos, which is for the planet and for the Aquarian sign. There's mm -hmm. an order in that chaoticness in which an Aquarian might feel a sense of peace when they're getting struck by lightning and all this energy is happening. So much is going on that they're comfortable and they can kind of handle it where other signs being affected by that current and that chaos find that peace after. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that they thrive on the, the change and the transformation. And Aquarians, it, they really are the primary sign I think of when I think of living for those transformative moments. They don't like to settle. They don't really want to settle. They want to always be striving for the next greatest thing because they want to bring about change. They want to bring about revolution. And if you think about technology, too, and the computers and the internet and all those systems, they can run very efficiently, but there's a lot of disorder that comes with them, that comes with making them and creating them and the way the system is built and the way it crashes. All that technology, internet-specific stuff, too, is also very Uranian, reaching all those people, the electricity, the zero and ones that shoot out from it is very Uranian, which is also interesting because a side note is in the Kabbalah, they, in Jewish mysticism, zero, between zero and one is where God is, and that's Whoa. really interesting if you think about Uranus being that. It's like there's that energy where all the other planets have, even Neptune, there's a definition to them and there's something that makes sense. You know, Neptune you could say is elusive, Mercury is information and knowing. Uranus is just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. You know? It's, it's like, hard to define. Very. You're talking about Uranus like computers and technology. How do you think that differs from, say, like a Mercury retrograde? Because sometimes people will say, when Mercury's in retrograde, back up your computer files, things can go haywire. How do you think that differs? Because Mercury is about information, and it's about knowing, and it's about fact. Uranus is not really about fact. It, it, there is a knowing. There is a higher knowing and an information. But that information doesn't make sense and is not linear. Where mercurial stuff is like, you're going to know, or you're not, or what you know, you might have to learn all over again, because we're going to like 
wipe this system right. where that energy of Uranus, which is like that Moldavite energy or that tower card energy, it, it, I, sometimes I just feel like the planet is almost like up in the solar system, like I'm bored yeah. and Let's some stuff I'm going to like challenge you and then forget that I did it and like abandon the situation, go move on to another entertainment. It's like up in the sky kind of casting a finger down here at random and doesn't have a definition like the other planets or like Mercury and that information. So where Mercury specifically, Mercury controls technology too in a way, right? In a way because it's the spread of information. So technology more as a tool to get information. Yeah, where Uranus just like doesn't really, it's like, it will strike you, but it just doesn't care about the information. The intent is not information. No, and that's not what it's after. Yeah. To me. So, yeah, Uranus in the signs. So, Uranus in the natal chart is going to show in the areas of your life in which there's almost like a restlessness, or the areas of your life where you might stick out from the rest of society in some ways. How would you describe that? Definitely what you just said. I would also add, artistically, it really is colorful and it is obvious. Even right. though it's random, there's an obviousness to it. So even though it is a generational planet that's a little bit tighter and that's seven years instead of like 12 years, what do the generational planets usually run? Like Pluto and Neptune? Yeah, Pluto is like, can be up to 14 years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more an, of an individual concept of generations, like maybe what makes this generation creative or how they view things. So artistically, for sure, um, how you view art, how you make art, what your creativity is, and it's usually pretty extroverted and social. So like, not necessarily the way you talk, but like conversations, parties. If you think of Aquarian, they're loners, but they also like really large groups of people or they can be around it pretty effortlessly and likes that random socialization. So I'd also look at it socially. Music developing too, like new dance moves developing, mm. things like that, the creative side as opposed to the like linear, pragmatic side. Today I think we're going to really talk about the generations for the past 40 or so years and how Uranus has shifted through the signs and how that's impacted society since Uranus and Scorpio, which was in the late 70s. And if you're new to astrology or just looking, these root forces are really what you want to be looking at before you even dive into aspects. Like what do the planets bring? They birth the signs. What do the signs bring? So how does Uranus look in this sign versus that sign? For example, currently Uranus is in Taurus, but when I was born, Uranus was in Scorpio. We're going to do from Scorpio through Taurus to give you six different major ways it could look with people who are born under this time of the Uranus in this sign. So we're going to start with the Uranus in Scorpio and what that looks like. And I'll just start a little bit since my Uranus is in Scorpio. So Scorpio is kind of mysterious. It's quiet. It's opposite these things that Uranus actually brings. It's sensual and it's emotional and it's deep and there is a sense of wanting to know the truth in Scorpio. So you combine these two things, this eclectic planet that's just like going to create electricity flowing through you and the Scorpio energy that just wants to like figure out the mystery and have an acceptance with deep emotions and I personally like the combination. I would not say it gets along or it's at home. There's almost something a little bit detrimental about it, like they don't really belong together. But to backtrack for one second, Uranus doesn't judge. Again, it gives no fucks. It's not a judgmental planet. The energy of Scorpio is probably more judgmental or has its judgment in it, where Uranus it just keeps moving. It doesn't, it doesn't judge. So you have these two energies that are kind of opposite that are working together and just creating this 
I'm not really gonna give a fuck about how emotional I am or I'm gonna I'm gonna stay true I'm gonna try to figure this out I'm gonna try to figure my emotions out I'm gonna try to understand I want to like unlock the mystery but the acceptance of Aquarius like I'm gonna accept this or not there's only so much you can figure out it's not gonna actually be a mystery solved in the way that Scorpio wants it to be. But there's an adaptability that happens with the energy or the sign and the planet and the way I think it adapts in that. Those people who have the Uranus and Scorpios is like, I'm gonna try to see these different points of view. I'm gonna have fun in my emotions. I'm going to understand my desires and get creative with them. And because it's in water, I'm gonna go with the flow when I get struck and make do with the information that I now have that I didn't have before. Uranus moved into Scorpio in 1975, retrograded out for a little bit, and then came back solidly from 75 to 1981. The last time before that, that Uranus was in Scorpio was in the very late 1800s when the spiritualist movement was really strong. So this was people that were looking for answers below the surface. Occult study was coming up, like this was the time of Aleister Crowley. There was a lot of sexuality that was coming out of almost like a puritanical society. And so looking into the late 70s, the 80s, these are people that were coming of age in I guess like the mid 90s and so, or the early 90s. and. So this was a period when the New Age and the occultism was actually coming back around. Like the 70s saw the rise of the New Age movement starting to come back. It's funny that you said that it feels like Uranus and Scorpio don't really like fully get along. It's considered in its exaltation in Scorpio. Oh, it is? Which is really funny because I, I totally know what you mean. I don't feel like it totally makes sense, but it's considered exalted, which means that Uranus moves well in that sign whatever costume it dons when it's in Scorpio, it likes it. So uh, that was also around the time, like the late 70s, the early 80s, there was a computer boom happening. Like the very early computers were being invented at that time. And so there's a desire for more information. And Scorpio is almost like a detective sign to me. Like they want to look below the surface. They want to find the hidden clues. And again, computers is a tool of finding information. And Uranus, like you said, cares a little bit less about the information. They just want to shake things up. They want to see things be different than they had been. One thing I will say is that there's an intensity there. Uranus and Scorpio. Scorpio is maybe the most intense sign, I would say, because they don't shy away from any anything. Like, they're going to dive into the darkest emotions, and they are not going to be afraid. Or if they are afraid, they're going to do it anyway. They want to get to the root of it. And so having Uranus there... There's like a desire to dive deeper, but there's also a desire almost to shock. And so maybe that kind of came up as the generation was young, especially. From what I could tell, I did some research on the previous generations of each of these signs, just so we could kind of look for patterns for Uranus and Scorpio. We see a lot of occult figures coming to power. We see a lot of people that are responsible for like sexual revolutions being born. We see people that are computer geniuses being born in Uranus and Scorpio. Yeah, I actually very clearly remember in the 90s, or maybe between 92 and 96, because I probably was in high school, how scandalous it was to have two women kissing on TV. Not necessarily scandalous, but it was put out there like, it's not a big thing, because it's not a big thing, but it was still the first of it happening, like, same-sex marriage on a sitcom. Right. You wouldn't see it as much in the 90s on TV as you would now, and it's great, like, that there's progress in that way. Yeah, there was a real sexual revolution that was taking place. So for the people that were born in Uranus and Scorpio, they were starting to bring that energy forward into the 90s as they were getting old enough to steer the direction of culture. Yeah, thing too, specifically sexually, like don't be ashamed sexually, like it's not a thing. It's right. just, finally, we can talk about it. That was probably like, oh yeah, it's a thing. Uranus is going to make that more vocal and 
kind of enhance that Scorpio energy of like that stuff that you keep private, that stuff that you don't talk about, people feel shame, and then Uranus kind of made that energy shameless. Now that we're talking about it more, I'm almost understanding the exaltation of it because it actually does make sense. You have this intensity and this thing that's like that Scorpio primal, deeply sexual, deep emotion, dark shadow work, and Uranus, because it doesn't care, is just kind of bringing this, it's the truth, it's the way it is, it's what happens, things change. Then, with the Sag, it's just like, here's the truth, and it's spit out, and there's no, there's nothing hidden. It almost becomes more extroverted. Right. So my Uranus is in Sagittarius, and I find there's a lot of interest you know, Sagittarians, they're interested in knowing about the world. They want to know about different cultures. They want to break down barriers between people. They want to know it all. They want to see it all. But there's also an unfocused energy. Sagittarius is not a focused sign. Uranus is not a focused planet. But both of those will fling themselves into the experience. They will, yeah. They they will have no regrets. So like those together make for taking big chances and risks, but having usually the optimism, the ambition to like make it work. And the only issue is that their staying power isn't as good. Uranus and Sagittarius, it's hard to commit for a long period of time because they're just kind of rolling with the winds. Yeah, but both of those signs don't allow for any boredom. It's true. They need a kind of a constant stimulation. Uranus and Sagittarius was 1981 to 1988. During the times when Uranus is in Sagittarius, we don't see many politicians born. We don't see any like big world players like that born, but we see a lot of writers, storytellers, philosophers born during Uranus and Sagittarius. Oh my god, that's awesome. The Sagittarian energy, there's definitely more of a sharing, that combination. There's almost like a duty being felt to help people, or almost like on a higher level, inspiring humanity, not like necessarily getting down and dirty and doing work on that level. People that are being born during this time, storytellers, creating stories that are shaping the new generation. They're trying to inspire through something that's fun for them, bringing about change through a creative expression. It's even beyond shameless because it's almost like casual or inspirational and there's more of a flow. I almost think there's more of a flow in Sag and Uranus is not quite about positive and negative, but Sag, that Jupiter energy combined with Uranus, there is a harmony in that. It's almost like the Sag will make the Uranus act more on the positive side for the randomness that occurs. So Uranus was in Sagittarius from 1981 to 1988, and during that time we saw the Soviet Union came to an end. That was like the starting of the Berlin Wall falling down. So like there's this real breaking down of boundaries, of barriers, which is very Sagittarian. Sagittarian wants to like feel free to go anywhere. Restrictions and barriers don't work well for them. So that energy playing out on a world scale, there's a real breaking through of restrictions. And then we get to the rules. Yeah, Uranus and Capricorn, and so quickly things change. Very different energies. Mm -hmm. So Uranus was in Capricorn from 1988 to 1995. And this is a much more conservative energy than we've seen with Uranus and Scorpio or Sagittarius. Capricorn really wants to make sense and it kind of wants to look at things one at a time and pragmatically get a step done before it goes to another step, which Uranus is not going to allow that at all. So there's a conflict definitely, I think, with that planet and that sign, but there's also a lot of productivity it could bring. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think one good thing about this placement is that you're not going to burn out early. So this is like a generation that isn't going to do all their great work when they're 18 years old. Like it's steady. They're going to keep going throughout their lives. Capricorn tends to get better with time. They tend to still be doing great work even in their older age. Yeah, and, and gaining understanding and having more understanding about something. I don't want to say that's not meant to be understood, 
it's definitely not meant to be understood in a linear way, but the energy of that pragmatic Capricorn in this is going to just make you want to keep working and working to understand and working to make sense, giving them a name, giving them something that at least you can begin to try to understand and think about more and taking this planet that doesn't like rules and being like, okay, if you want to have this freedom, there is some things you need to do. You do need some discipline to have freedom. Even freedom takes discipline. So that combination of the cap, Uranus and cap, yes, you still have that random erraticness, but it's almost like a recycling where when it hits you, you're going to take the parts and organize them after you get blasted with it and make it function. So a lot of that Uranus and Cap energy and that generation is going to deal with the cards they've been dealt and make them work. Yeah, so there's a conserving of energy that happens. They can kind of be a little more patient and steadfast than some of the other generations. And so this is a generation 1988 to 1995. So these people are in their early 20s now, late 20s. So this is people that are, they're working for change pretty steadily. In environmental consciousness. Yes, environmental Big. consciousness. With Uranus and Capricorn, I think that the only danger is to maybe get too hung up on material things. We might be seeing that now with Uranus currently in Taurus to some extent in a different way. But I think with Capricorn, Capricorn wants stability so much and that can, in our world, that often translates to material stability. So even though that Uranus is pushing them for change, there's that still that desire to be like, yes, I want that, but is it going to mess with my stability? So that's kind of one thing that needs to be worked through for that particular group. Caps are very diligent in that, like, success-oriented way and financial security is, is also big and Uranus could take it or leave it so there's a sense of almost working like extra hard or having to be extra prepared when Uranus is in Capricorn. Capricorn really is one of the more polite signs of the zodiac and they want to follow rules and they want to respect people but they need a formula to be able to do that so I think a lot of the gender terms develops during this time. Yes, I think so too, especially now that those people that were born when Uranus was in Capricorn are adults. We're seeing that now more than ever. There's terminology that has developed into the regular vocabulary of most Americans that was helping to bring to light and bring awareness to people that had to maybe hide their identities in previous generations or who weren't free to talk about it. And so now Capricorn has given it a more tangible terminology in society. Yeah, it gives it a question. What pronoun do you like to be identified by? Or what pronoun would you prefer to be identified by? Right. And that is very much a Uranus and Capricorn question. And it's something that they brought as a change into society and now that's something that will carry forward into future generations and just being more respectful of people's identities and how they want to be perceived in the world. Then, 1995, Uranus moved into its home sign of Aquarius. So that is just pure electric Aquarian Uranian energy. And it was there from 95, retrograded out for a short time, and then was in Aquarius from 96 to 2003. So that brought us into the new millennium. Which was clearly a very inventive time. And, you know, you think Y2K, the system is going to crash. Do you remember that? Oh, the yeah. Deal, what happens course. when it turns 2000? Everybody thought the system was going to shut down. It was a big thing. And then nothing happened. That when you were talking about Uranus, like, poking a finger down from the sky to mess with humanity, Y2K is maybe the best example of that that I can think of. Yeah. It's just, like, just chaos. Technological chaos. Yep. 
During that period, we saw a huge rise of technological advancement. The internet became a household thing during that time. Advances in science, and then I think this really played out on like a societal level as like people questioning convention, societal norms even more. So there's like intellectual reform that was going on. And now this is the generation, people that were born during Uranus's transit through Aquarius, those people are now in their late teens, early 20s. So this is like the young people of the world. The YouTubers. Yeah, the Gen Z, the young pop stars. These are all Uranus and Aquarius. They have been born not knowing what it's like to not have technology. Exactly. I think Uranus and Capricorn was the last generation that could possibly have lived through a time before the internet. Yeah. As a household thing, anyway. So iPhone, the iPhone came out with Uranus and Aquarius. Yep. iPod, all those technological things. Even laptop computers. You just see people bringing information around with them. And the I want it now. That is very Uranus and Aquarius. Now, boom. I want to know. I'm going to put this question in Google. Here it is. It's almost like a lottery, like, you know, doing a roll, and then there's your, there's your quick answer. You could Google anything. It may be true. It may not be true. When you think of classic Uranus energy, like when you're reading about Uranus as a planet on its own before you start adding any of these signs in, Uranus and Aquarius, that is like the classic expression of Uranus. And that's the classic expression of Aquarius. Together they almost team up, they become exaggerated. So think of the most like Aquarian person you know, or the most Uranian person you know, and that is the energy of Uranus in Aquarius. Humanity. That's one thing we haven't mentioned. It's, it, it does affect all of humanity. It's not quite a personal planet, and it affects the masses. It does. In an obvious way, just like the Aquarians who have really made mass revolutions or mass changes and shifts happen. Yeah, that's a big part of the Aquarian energy. They do have a desire to change humanity for the better. They have these utopian visions, and they want to bring about change. I mean, when we think of the age of Aquarius, you know, that is a whole reform of society, both futuristic and ancient forms of living back into the forefront. A very creative-based society is the age of Aquarius. That's a really good take, the futuristic and the ancient. That's that really sums up a lot right there because it takes in all that perspective, all those different areas of designs and structure and not structure. And it, it's not about the emotion at all, but there is a sense that's about like the greater good or the higher purpose in a collective consciousness way. So maybe it is a little bit about the emotion of feeling good or feeling peace together collectively. I'm not going to say every Aquarian, but Aquarian energy in general, it's hard for them to feel empathy on a one-on-one -on -one level, but they can feel empathy for society. They're more likely to work on that grander scale. It's just not intimacy. It's problem solving on a mass scale. Like Capricorns is the bones and Aquarius or Uranus is the skin. It covers everything and you could see it. <laughs> and so now Uranus and Pisces was between 2003 and 2010. People that were born during that time, to put it into perspective, are now in their teens to about 10 years old. Preteens and teens, these are people that are coming of age right now. Uranus and Pisces, the last time Uranus was in this sign was during the Roaring Twenties. 1920 to 1927. It was before any of the Great Depression happened. It was all high times, having fun, you know, but there was also prohibition happening at that time. And that's where like the Neptunian Pisces energy comes in. It's kind of below the surface. It's a little bit hidden. You had to go to the speakeasy. You had to find the secret door to get to the party. And I feel like that's kind of this Uranus and Pisces. There's fantasy and indulgence happening. But there's also intuition and compassion. And a sense of not caring in the way of, so you may think this is wrong, but it's not because it feels good and it's fun. So that's where the rebellion and 
it, it's just a bunch of people like having fun, like you said, and doing that, but doing it in an underground kind of way or a way of like everybody's saying this. So instead of rebelling against it and being in your face, we're not going to deal with that fight we're going to have to do and just have our fun here and attract all the humans that want to be able to do this with us and also don't think this is bad or this is wrong. Exactly. And there is, I will say, this is possibly the more sensitive generation that we've had in a while because Pisces is a very sensitive sign. They're very empathic. They're going to pick up on other people's emotions and moods. And I feel like this generation is maybe a little more sensitive than some of the others. They can be hurt a little more easily. They're compassionate. They want to help. And so they can become so empathetic that they might need to tune out. And so they might need to turn to distractions in some way. Like that's a very Piscean. Like the phone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The internet. Yeah, like every kid in most parts of the world is going to have a cell phone or, you know, just something that they're distracting their minds with constantly. And it's because they're so sensitive. They need this place to escape. They ask fun questions too. I feel like kids now, I noticed with Oliver and his friends, I have a son who has a Uranus in Pisces and they they just like really explore and want to know and they do their questions are on the more emotional side and maybe that's as we keep going on with the liberation and raise our kids to be more open and have this acceptance come through listening is a thing I find that kids my son and his group are actually surprisingly really good listeners for 12 and 13 year olds. Like they listen and they ask questions and there's a transaction in communication that's not like, oh, I'm the only one that exists. So there is a sensitivity. They want you to feel good because if you feel good, they feel good. And that's very Piscean. Because they're so empathic that if people around them are in a bad mood, they're gonna pick up on that. They're gonna feel it, they're gonna notice it. In the new age community you'll hear terms like indigo children or like crystal children yeah and that's the generation that lines up with that uranus and pisces and i think uh well, especially crystal children i think that was specifically the generation but those are supposed to be the super sensitive almost from a higher plane the way that i look at the combination of uranus and pisces or pisces and aquarius that transition is more smooth from one sign to another because you have the air going into water. And the signs both, in a sense, like live in their heads. So I refer to that combination of like Uranus and Pisces could work just as Aquarian and Pisces together. It's, it's sailing. It's like you're going to go with the flow. You're going to sail. You're going to get carried by the wind. So that could go really, really smooth. And it could be really even depending on what you're next to and what your environment is. Or it could be very unpleasant with very turbulent waters. And it it just, it really kind of depends on the waves that you're around. But the Uranus in Pisces definitely is a big wave in itself. It's, It's almost like hydroponics or electricity and water, those two signs together create a movement that has no earth connected to it whatsoever. But that movement could be very vast and very deep. The being a product of your environment, Uranus and Pisces. Which is very different from Uranus and Aries, who almost creates the environment. Yes, yeah. Let's pioneer forward into the Uranus and Aries. Both of those are very pioneering. They are, yeah. Uranus and Aries is very much action-oriented. So going forward, Uranus entered Aries in 2010, retrograded out for a short time, and then was in Aries from 2011 to 2018. So this is an energy that you might be familiar with, having lived through the last seven years. When you're saying retrograded out, you're talking about going back into the sign it was in before. Yes. So retrograded out means going back into Pisces. So it stepped back into Pisces then, for a while. Yes, I, that's good to explain to people. Yeah. So it went back into Pisces for a short time and then was in Aries from 2011 to 2018. 
And then the last time that it was in Aries was in the late 20s into early 30s. So that was during the Great Depression, like the fall of the Roaring Twenties, basically. Suddenly there's a drop off of like the, the good time energy. And so you have to almost create your luck now at this point. Uranus in Aries is very abrupt, I feel. Yeah. Very impulsive, freedom seeking. But I would also say that Uranus in Aries really doesn't care about the consequences because Aries don't care about consequences at all either. So in that way, it's, there's a comfort in that. Like, oh, oops, made a mistake for the billionth time, whatever. Yeah. Let's move forward. Let's forget about this mistake and just like get it done, whatever that energy is. Absolutely. The people that are were born during Uranus and Aries are now little kids. Like they're between the ages of one or two and like nine years old. So this is the future <laughs> that we're looking in. Like as these kids grow older, we're going to see more and more of this energy. We all lived through Uranus and Aries, but now these kids that have that in their natal chart energy, they're going to bring that forward even as Uranus shifts through other signs. It's Alexa, turn on the lights. Yeah. Alexa, turn off the music. Yeah, exactly. That, Alexa, call my boyfriend. Exactly. That didn't exist before Uranus and Aries, and that's very, very quick, impatient. Like, I need it now. I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to turn it on myself. Alexa's going to do it for me. And The electricity will do it all. Yeah. I could see this generation. There's a real standing up to authority that will happen here, a rebelling very much I'm going to take action to make a change. So this is a generation that might just go forward and take action themselves if they don't like what's happening. They might just do something and to, sh to shake it up. Do you think there's an adrenaline too that comes with that? Yeah, I mean it almost feels like Marshall to me because it's got the, the energy of Aries and Mars. That can almost be very physical, physical yeah. body. I don't think it means necessarily like people going to war, but it means people that are willing to fight for what they believe in. And having maybe a hard time sitting in the classroom and being focused for a long period of time. Yes. I mean, that's hard as it is, but especially it might be even more apparent, like things like bringing movement to classrooms yeah. or shaking it off. Teaching outside. These might be kids that enjoy sports and gym class more than sitting at the desk for four hours and yeah this is not like a quiet sign either yeah I don't care what you think not taking anything personally yeah I am opinionated you're gonna hear about it you're gonna you're gonna know where I stand but it also I feel like Uranus and Aries could change their mind very fast too yeah definitely and it's again opinionated without without consequences Aries are so it's almost like they move so quickly and Uranus moves so quickly that there's not only not an absorption, there's a sense of being one step ahead and forgetting like what you just learned as well. I'm wondering if there will be attention span things with the Uranus in, in Aries and just moving so fast, having to either go back and do something again because you missed five steps. Their, yeah, their mind is already several steps ahead. Yeah. And so it might be good for them to get their energy out physically if they can. I feel like that would be useful, especially for people born with Uranus and Aries. Absolutely. So that brings us to now. Last year, 2019, Uranus entered Taurus, and that is considered the sign of its fall, which means that Uranus is sort of debilitated. It can't operate at its full Uranian potential here in this sign. And I think we see that because Taurus is not at all into surprises. They love their routine. They love their creature comforts. They love to take things easy. They don't want things shaken up. They're patient. They're steadfast. They're determined. They're stubborn at times. But Uranus is really none of those things. And the Taurus energy is a lot about self-worth and emotional preparation work and holding on to your feelings for a long time while you're processing them in layers and layers and layers to really understand. And that's how they kind of come to a decision. They just really go internal and try to absorb and understand to actually avoid hurt or avoid pain. 
so there's a reservation that's in Taurus that Uranus just doesn't really want to have anything to do with. Like, it doesn't want to sit still. It doesn't want to ponder. So this combination is really interesting in the now. And it's going to go, what, for another... It's been in Uranus and Taurus for like a year? Yeah, and it's going to go until 2025. It'll enter Gemini for a couple months, and then it will go back into Taurus for another year. So we will be pretty much in Uranus and Taurus until April 2026 when it will leave for the next 84 years. So this is really the only time we're going to get to experience Uranus and Taurus in our lifetimes, or unless you're really young or you're going to live for at least another 90 years. But yeah, April 2026. So we're going to be in this energy for a good amount of time. And I think the changes that do happen are going to be big, epic earthquake changes with this. It's it's essentially like, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy, but like the government going down or like these bigger, huger shifts, corporate shifts, shifts involving money, those Taurus things that make you feel like safe and secure, but maybe a false system, but the only system in play, Uranus is really going to want to deconstruct that system or any system for that matter and we're going to be seeing a lot I think during this time and it's one of those things that I would say whatever you resist is going to persist because I don't know if you feel this way but I feel like the planet is just always stronger than that sign like the, the, the planet is going to have more say than what it's in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the planet holds the, the final authority. Yeah. So when you have, I guess that's not necessarily an aspect, but a placement, when you have these collisions, it's going to be the Taurus energy that's going to have to adapt to Uranus as opposed to them both working in harmony. And I don't know that Taurus is, I don't even know how Taurus would be able to do that. It makes sense that Uranus is considered in its fall here because Uranus does have to give up a little bit to Taurus here because Taurus is really digging its heels in. Like, it's not going to just be like, all right, I'll get struck by lightning. Taurus is going to be like, I'm not even going to leave my house if I'm going to get struck by lightning. Like, there's going to be a stubborn fight happening between them. And so if we look back to the last time Uranus was in Taurus, that was between 1934 and 1941. Basically, at that point in time in America, the country was in the throes of the Great Depression. People were going without. There was a lot of turmoil, a lot of financial turmoil especially. But that was also the time when a way out was discovered. Uranus and Taurus brought along the New Deal, which helped to rebuild the American economy, which helped to get a bunch of people jobs and helped to raise the spirits of the country collectively. So we are looking at a time when there is dissatisfaction, especially in America and probably all over the world, and a lot of financial inequality. And so looking back through history, it does seem like during Uranus and Taurus periods, a way out is forged. But it may require a little bit of Taurian patience. Long-term solution, too. Mm -hmm. Taurus will bring long-term solution because it takes them so much to even make a plan and do the change that they don't want to be uncomfortable, so they will really think of all the details and all that energy to make it better for longer and make it comfortable. So if that energy can find a way to meld, it could create... A, a potentially very comfortable a system, a new system, which we would like that new system created before it moves to Gemini, where anything can go. A stable plan getting developed during Uranus and Taurus would be a good sign for us as a society, as a collective, I think. And then Gemini can help to make it reach further and further, because Gemini is all about communication, spreading information as well, and so I think once the plan is developed, then it can kind of spread further and further. That's not going to happen until 2025 anyway. I think Uranus and Taurus is going to be very much like renovating a house, or like you have an old Victorian house that is not functioning anymore, but was once beautiful, restoring something with a new wave. The ideal situation of Uranus and Taurus is like destructuring something, taking what's good from the structure, what's good from the house, what has worked for so many years, 
removing what's not and renewing the energy with that Uranus energy, renewing it and using the old function from the Taurus, if it were to combine in that way and with astrology, you always want to figure out how to use it and how to make it function, even if it's not pleasant. You don't ever want to repress it or resist it. You want to figure out how to best use its power and what the things in detriment are trying to tell you to even bring you more on how to best use it. So we could have a really useful situation that brings function as long as that function is new. So those of you who want to take advantage of the Uranus and Taurus, that would be the way to do it. And those are the things that I think need to get looked at. Depending on what house you have Taurus in in your chart, Taurus does tend to be financial or resource based, but you could also see it coming up in your job. You could see it coming up in home ownership, like a literal house that you're buying or renovating or having to move. You know, you may see it in family dynamics. Usually it's a little more tangible with Uranus and Taurus. And the risk will be a reward if you risk it, the, the bigger risk is not taking a risk. Yes, exactly, because Uranus is just gonna sweep you along and if you don't have a plan in place that you might just end up in, in a weird spot. <laughs> yeah, or a new plan in place, or like a plan after the fall happens. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, when you need it, because yeah. yeah, you can't lock yourself in your house like you were saying. You know, if you have a baby or if you're planning on having a child in the next six years or even if you're not planning and you do have one, keeping this in mind, like this is going to be the, the flow of the next generation that's going to start to be born now. This patient, determined resourcefulness, that's an energy that's coming out. So coming out of that Aries fire and impulse is going to feel very different. One of the reasons why we wanted to do this is because Ash and I are both astrologers and we've been doing it for a long time and we're always getting questions and sometimes it's just you want to learn but it's hard to get your, your chart read so we are trying to give people usable, easy information to explore more, learn about your chart, learn about it as a whole. So yeah, any, any questions on something you specifically want to learn about? Great. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. If you have an astrology question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, you can email us at PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at, at PiscesRisingPodcast or like us on Facebook. You can visit stonesandstuff.com, that's S-T-O-N-E-S-A-N-D-S-T-U-F-F.com for info on booking an astrology reading. Have a magical day.